shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. The tree. Ephesians chapter 3, I'll read from verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, what? How that by revelation, how that by revelation, that's a key word there. Uh, so the scriptures, Paul wrote the scriptures by what? By revelation. It means the best way to understand the scriptures is also by revelation. How that by revelation? That's a key word. Is a major that that thing. I don't know how how to explain that thing. Call revelation. <laughs> revelation is revelation is actually the blessing of the New Testament. To put it in other words, that the rock that Jesus said he used and built his church is revelation. What just happened to Peter? If you remember in that encounter. When uh, through the Father revealed from heaven, the Father was not there with them in person. But it came out of Peter's mouth, something that was not recorded anywhere before. Amen. That thou art the Christ, the what? The Son of the living God. And when Jesus heard that, Jesus says, Oh, Simon Vajona, <laughs> you don't know what has happened to you. The flesh and blood, you, didn't, no, you can't calculate this from it, from the ground. Flesh and blood had not revealed this unto you. Uh, but what happened? Uh, it says, but my father which is in heaven. Now, this is the definition of revelation. Revelation essentially means something new to you. It doesn't mean it's new in general. Amen? It means that to you, it is something new. Meaning a new understanding. A new way of seeing things. An eye-opener. Amen? And by God's grace, by the Spirit. Praise God. So, revelation, revelation, newness of life is by revelation. Renewal, revelation. Amen. So, revelation, revelation. Now, um, let me just, let's just, let's, let's touch on this thing a bit more. This revelation business, as we even begin today. Revelation, revelation. Now, Peter was among 12 men standing with Jesus, the 13th man, in that encounter. Out of the 12 men, the Holy Spirit went to put a thought in Peter. That this 13th man called Jesus, standing before you, he is the Christ, meaning the Messiah, then the Son of the living God. Amen. And that has been the tussle, the fight of all of Jesus' ministry. Because people have been hearing the rumors that, is this the Messiah? All the Pharisees want to shoot down that thing. So nobody knows who, who can confirm that he's really the Messiah. Nobody could confirm. He took, he took revelation from the Father to Peter to confirm that this man standing before you is the, is the Messiah. Now, the Bible now later says that all scripture was inspired by the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. It means that all scripture came by what? By revelation. Amen. All scripture came by what? By revelation. Now, the, 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 the good thing for us is this. Now, if before, maybe those prophets of old, the way God we have to do, sometimes the way God is to culture the revelation for them to really know it is God, God will almost also replicate it in their physical lives. You will see the way Jeremiah will suffer. The art of the suffering, God will be confirming the prophecies. Or if you see the way God dealt with, was it Hagar? Who, who was the one that went to marry a harlot to prove, to confirm the prophecy? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was Hagar, right? No, it was Hosea. It was Hosea. Yeah. 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 Hosea, Hosea, thank you. Do you see that? So for God to confirm, because of the difficulty of confirming that it was God, God said, okay, to prove it, go and marry a harlot and tell Israel, this is, this is the prophecy, this is what, by what I have done, that's what I am prophesying. So many times God had to demonstrate the prophecy, even through the life of the prophet. And the reason just being why is this. When the Holy Ghost speaks to you alone without that confirmation, it's more easier to doubt. It's more easier because it's an invincible speaking. Am I communicating? It's easier to doubt. So what God now did is that God now used the labor of many to form something called Bible. Praise God. And then when he raised preachers, what are we preaching? Bible. For to confirm that the revelation is from, is from God. I don't know if you are getting me. So, actually, what God did for us through the Holy Scriptures, He brought safety to our lives. He brought safety by Bible. But inside the safety, He also hid things inside. So, He, he, he purged out all Himself onto the Scriptures. All Himself. He put it in the Scriptures. But then, for you to even access the Scriptures, which is your safety, you will still need the Holy Ghost <laughs> to truly access the things that He put inside the Scriptures. Just that what's the, the, the additional advantage now is that when the Holy Ghost is speaking, how is it being confirmed? You are comparing scriptural things with scriptural things. You are seeing how, like the other day, I think the first meeting we had, when we had the potluck, you were seeing how Colossians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 1 were almost the same thing. The same, it was confirming the same development process of growth for Christians. It, when you go far with scripture, I tell you, when you go far with God in the scripture, you'll be seeing one thing inside. You'll be seeing confirmations. You'll be seeing one person. you begin to see a person. Like when I'm reading the Bible, I see a person. Do you know how, so for example, now many people are reading books about great people. For example, maybe Barack Obama. You see, someone will write an autobiography of Barack Obama. Not so. By reading his book, you can understand him. After a while, you'll be seeing the person. You'll be imaging him because you have seen what he likes, what he does. The same with this book, Jesus. Even right from the Old Testament was a ministration concerning Jesus. Right from the beginning. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, let's see Genesis chapter 49. I'm, I'm taking a route today. Amen. 
We're going somewhere. Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49. Uh, from verse 8. Uh, Sister Stella, you can help us read. From verse 8. But I'll be stopping you, you know, as we go to explain. Amen. Yeah, sure. Genesis 49 from verse 8, right? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thy enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He he stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and until and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Now pause, pause. Okay. Now read verse one. Let's go and look at the original context of how these things came about. Verse one, one and two. And, okay. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, "Gather yourselves together, and I that I may tell you that." That we shall before you, you in the last days. Verse two, gather yourself together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto and hearken unto Israel your father. So what did what did so Jacob was about to prophesy into his his children's life? In fact, at this hour Jacob was a prophet. He called his twelve sons together and told. What was he saying? That I will tell you what will be what will happen to you in the last days. From Genesis, I'll tell you what will happen to you in the last days. So the prophecy has been one from the beginning. Amen. And what happened to Judah? What will happen to Judah in the last days? Shiloh will come. The Prince of Peace will come. That's verse 10. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Jesus. It says, thy hand shall be on the, in the neck of thine enemies. Bible is, uh, Bible is sweet. <laughs> From the be- beginning, the plan has been one, has been the same. And then, you will now, when you now read verse 11 and 12, you now be seeing expo that Jesus had. When Jesus was telling the, the disciples, go to this person's house, bring a donkey, and then a one-year-old donkey. And right triumphantly into Jerusalem. He, he, you see where I was getting it? was revelation, though, but he was getting it from somewhere. Let's read verse 11 and 12. Verse 11. Binding his fowl unto the vine, and his ass and his ass's coat unto the choice vine. He washed his garment in, in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. Verse 12. Verse 12 his eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Wow, so that was the prophecy of his death. And before his death, he was he had to demonstrate that triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Where a fool is a donkey. And ass's coat is a one-year-old donkey. That was the instruction he gave his disciples to go get one, a donkey and a one-year-old donkey. And they rode on the donkey, holding the ass's coat by his side. And rode into tr- Jerusalem. And that was his, right, his last ride. <laughs> because once he got to Jerusalem, it was time to wash his garments in what? Wine in red. 
And then the interpretation, his eyes shall be red with wine and his teeth white with milk. Means that this joker was just seeing things. Means that he was innocent. He was white. Yet he was he was bruised for our transgressions. Amen. So where did Jacob get this thing from? By revelation. <laughs> Praise God. By revelation. And then Jesus too also got it by revelation. But revelation as Hey, quiet guys. Quiet. But revelation revelation for, from the volume of the books. That's what I'm looking for. Amen. As Jesus will say, Lo, I have come, as is written of me, in the volume of the books, to do thy will, O God. Jesus was a studious guy, man. Jesus studied the scriptures. And not just studied the scriptures for the letter killets. He used the Holy Ghost by the Spirit. Yes. How spirit organizes things. For example, if you just read this Genesis chapter 49, you just see, okay, Judah and all the 12, they had their own arrangements, whatever. But until you go to Isaiah 53, you will not see the link. Isaiah 53 is an expansion of Genesis 49, 8 to 12. Let's see Isaiah 53 very quickly. That's not our focus for today, but I just want to show you the, the, the spirit of revelation. Yes. One prophet will pick from another prophet from thousands of years ago, hundreds of by revelation, because the Holy Ghost is one orchestrating the movement concerning one man, Jesus Christ, whom we ought to learn. Praise God. So, um, let's see. Ah, it's like, Stella, you help us read today. No problem. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, Jay, wonderful. Azar 53. Verses. From verse 1, just read about four or five of the verses and that should be okay. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. He who had believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He had no form, no, no comeliness. And when he, when, and when we shall, when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Verse three, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Verse four, surely he had borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken, smiting, smitten, um, stricken, smiting of God and afflicted. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with, and with his stripes we are healed. That's wonderful. Verse 6. Okay. That's okay. Should I continue? Um, okay, read to 7. Alright, verse 6. All, all we like... Oh, sorry, this is King James Version. It is so pretty, though. Can you give somebody a kill like that? All we like sheep have gone astray. Oh, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of 
everyone to his own way, and the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 7. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the, to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. That's, that's, that's it. it. Wonderful. So, actually, then if you read it to the end, you now see how he, he overcame. By his knowledge, my righteous hour shall justify many, and uh, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great and with the strong. So, if Isaiah 53, you will see, like, it's almost like Isaiah got it by revelation. He probably didn't read Genesis, I don't know. But it's the same thing he was saying. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a stream. That's how life is. Life flows. Amen. When the word of God becomes a life to you, you will see the thing will begin to flow. And why they call it revelation? Because revelation is like something that flows. Or the another thing they're liking the word of God to is waters. Rivers of, of living waters. Something flowing. Because I don't know if you pass by, maybe you've gone to the mountain. I'm sure many of us maybe been to Banff or whatever. And you hear rushing waters. It's like it's alive. It's life. You hear the sound of many waters. There's life inside it. Amen. And that's what that's how the word of God should be. Amen. So when God wants to break you in, into further relationship with Him, what He does is that He quickens the word, He makes it alive to you. That's what God does. That's if that is a greater reward than just physical blessings. God we want to make this thing. A living thing for you. Amen. You know how I many people, you know, so many Christians, you know, and is you know, born again, wonderful, you know, go to church and then they okay, that's just part of the routine. Do you get me? Then go to work and then start planning their life and their ambitions in life. Amen. And you know, so many times you see many folks, I have many friends who maybe came to Canada in back home, they used to go to church. Because their parents forced them to go to church. But it was never alive for them. By the time they landed in Canada, freedom, life has begun. <laughs> so their real life has begun. <laughs> ah, it was my best. I tried everything. I tried everything. After my race, I, I realized that this is not going anywhere. I just had to let him, let him go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, what Revelation does, when the scriptures open up and made a life to you, as a result of Revelation, is that what has just happened to you is that you begin to engage God with in life. That's the word. Amen? You begin to engage God in what? In life. How many of us Enjoy the sweetness of just you're just on your own, maybe you're walking the day and you're just studying your Bible and then you just get a new understanding of the scripture. How does it feel? How's that thing feel? That's life. Life excites. Life lights up. Praise God. Life lights up. It excites. Amen. Amen. And you see the emphasis 
Amen. Of this work is we call it word of righteousness, doctrine of Christ. Now, who is Christ? Christ is life. They call it the ministry of righteousness, word of righteousness, that's what we call it. We teach the doctrine of Christ. Amen. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Amen. To the Jew first and also unto the Gentiles. For therein is the life of God. Righteousness of God. How is it? How does it come to you? By revelation. Revealed from faith to faith. Meaning is revealed from hearing to hearing. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. So how God impacts life to you is, for, is by hearing. And one example of such hearing is even in your own Bible study. Don't just read, when you are doing your personal Bible, don't just read Bible for Bible reading's sake. Amen. It's actually a good thing to pray to the Holy Ghost before you open the Bible, before you, you read your Bible. Why? Because you want to be spoken to. Amen. You want to be spoken to. And one reason why God convenes us like this in such meetings is because God has anointed such a platform for revelation. For the ministry of the New Testament life. Amen. So every time we gather, we are gathering unto life. Amen. What are we gathering unto? Unto life. Unto life. Yes. Because Christ is life. Anything that is not Christ is not life. Well, every time Jesus opened his mouth, he said, The words that speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So, anytime Jesus opened his mouth, life has started. No wonder we need to shut his mouth. <laughs> because the king of the grave, <laughs> the master of the grave, and that the guy is really a master. He's a master of the grave. He knows how to keep men in graves. And there are different colors of graves. Some are golden, but it's still a grave. <laughs> it can be silver, but it's still a grave. It may still be a wooden grave, but it's still a grave. Amen. Let's see that witness in the scripture. Let's go to Azar chapter 40. Azar chapter 40. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, help us read from verse 4 to 8. Okay. Every valley should be Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough plains plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The voice said, Cry, and he said, What shall I why shall I what shall I cry? All flesh is is grass, and all the good godly goodliness thereof. 
is as the flower of the field. Verse 7. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people, the people is grass. Verse 8. The grass is withered, the flower fadeth. But the word of our God shall stand forever. Shall stand forever. Amen. So what are they trying to say? If you don't have the word of our God, you are grass. But there are different kinds of grass. Amen. Breaking news. <laughs> there is grass that is just grass. And there is grass that has flower on the grass. And everybody is attracted to grass with flower. But it's still grass. So the glory of man, God called it, what? A flower on top of grass. It's just a colorful grass. But yet it is grass. And everyone who is grass, the elephants, they stamp on grass. Not so. It means everyone who is grass, grass is grave. Grass is down. Grass is beneath. Grass is on the earth. Grass cannot arise itself out. So if you are a grass, you are in a grave. So what the healing, the antidote for grassliness is the word of our God that standeth forever. It's the only thing that standeth forever. Everything else, the flower there, it fadeth. It means without the word of God, you will fade. Amen. One thing you, really, you need to begin to know about God. Well, just one thing, I'll just tell you one, some tips. One thing you need to know about God is that, you know, as men have five-year plan, ten-year plan, that's, God, that five years is like one, half an hour to God. Less than half an hour. God sees the full projection. So, for example, the Bible will say there is a way that cements right unto a man. But what? The end, the, it didn't say the beginning thereof. The beginning is good. They won't agree with you. The beginning is cement right. It's the end that is destruction. It's because we cannot see afar off. We cannot see that far. They can see that far. There are some calculations of life that we can calculate. And it seems, when we calculate it, it seems right. Because, you know, based on you know, the, way, the world standard. And we won't calculate it that the thing looks like it's profitable for the next five to ten years. Even though, but you just know one thing: God was not the one who who blew on it. It wasn't breathed by the Holy Ghost. You know, it wasn't confirmed by the Word. But the thing is symmetric, and because it's symmetric, you've already calculated the next five years. It works for you. You go ahead. But God is telling you: after five years is when I now begin. <laughs> and what I'm seeing after the on the sixth year. Is the beginning of destruction. So no matter how glorious a man is, he has no God, no word, he is a flower of a grass. I have another one for you. <laughs> the Bible said the Lord seated on the circles of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are what? Are like grasshoppers. That's what men are. Are you seeing men? No, no man is at peace. Everybody is moving. So God, God, I say, okay, they are not only grass. 
They are grass that are hopping. <laughs> I see, this is the problem. <laughs> so, as I said, I don't know. Okay, let me just adjust that my thinking. Oh, it's not just that they are grass, oh, but they are hopping everywhere. They are restless grass all over the place. Not at peace. So, the first thing when you want to know God, God will tell you, be still and know that I am God. Calm down. You will not die tomorrow. It's a lie. Praise God. So, what was Paul's labor now? Now we can now go to Ephesians again. Ephesians chapter 3. You will now see Paul's labor. Paul's labor was to stop men from being grass. Ephesians 3. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation, remember I spoke about revelation in depth, in depth, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. So they brought it to him by revelation. Amen. It means how must he come to you too? It's also by revelation. Do you know many times you have read this Ephesians? We've been doing Ephesians study since. I'm sure many of you have read Ephesians before. <laughs> you see, you take the spirit of revelation. You can, you can, you know, you can read Ephesians twenty times. You will not have one drop of anything. What is called your God's, what God's intent is for your life, what God's purpose is for your life. Even the need for the spirit of wisdom revelation. You just be, and I've seen it. I've seen it. Many people will now conclude, let's pray for this spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we will have witty inventions. It's not for witty inventions. That one is a separate prayer. Ephesians chapter 1, spirit of wisdom and revelation is not for witty inventions. It's to access God. It's to know God. Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So you can read something. You don't know anything in it. When you are reading, reading by the letter, it will take when the spirit of revelation is upon you or upon a platform or upon a house to unearth revelation, light for men. To give men food, meat in the in due season. Yes. To break forth revelation in meats, in treable meats for souls. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So Paul's labor, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Peter did not have it. It's later Peter got it. Can somebody, Peter spoke about it when he finally got it. <laughs> when he was now finally writing his own letters. What, where is that... I, uh, I think it's is it First Peter chapter three or First Peter Second Peter chapter three? Let's see. Let's go and refer to that. Daddy, I'm a teacher. 
will say maybe it's Second Peter. Has anybody found it? Yes, uh, Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three. From verse fifteen to um, seventeen. Of from verse fifteen to eighteen. So Stella, you can read for us. Okay, and account that the long sufferings. Okay, Elora, verse account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, had read had written unto you. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Yea, therefore, beloved, see ye know these things before, lest ye also be led away with the error of the wicked from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. He's pointing us to growth at the end there. So what happened here is that Peter, Peter later read all Paul's epistles. Because how did he know that in all, as also in all his epistles? It means Peter became very studious of Paul's epistles. Wundo at first, you know, it was meant for Peter, but he skipped him because he, he was not able to capture the calling, even for the Gentiles. You know, when God was telling him to eat, kill and eat, he couldn't. So they had to move on. Amen. God now moved it to Peter, to Saul. And then you will account also later on. Eliora, Eliora, please, you guys go upstairs, upstairs. Now, please, you're disturbing too much. Upstairs. Thank you. Amen. As you will now see also, like in, in Galatians, there was a time, I think it was in Galatians, when Peter, when Peter had come to join them, Paul. Amen. And was, was speaking about Jewish customs. It was almost like Peter was not withstanding Jewish customs among the church in the Greek in that church, and then Paul had to address Peter. So it means at that even at that time, even after Paul had started ministry, and churches have been established in Asia in Greece, what happened? Peter had not yet come into fullness of revelation of Christ. Amen. What am I trying to prove with all of that? It was given to Paul. Now later on. Peter got it, accessed all the Paul's epistles, and finally became a capstone of everything at the end. Because the book of Peter is even deeper than most of Pauline books. Praise God. So God, God was able to use Paul as a build-up block. Then Peter actually used, walked upon Paul. <laughs> Amen. And still got to everlasting at the end. Praise God. So, when Paul is speaking that Ephesians chapter 3, 
Ephesians chapter 3. For this cause, he now says, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. This verse 3, verse 4. Whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge. This is what Peter came to understand. Paul's knowledge. In what? In the mystery of Christ. Today is a bit of a labor. We are laboring in Christ. But I think we are seeing, there are some key words you begin to connect. Begin to connect Christ with righteousness. Begin to connect righteousness with Christ. And then as you connect those two, you also see that Christ comes by revelation. The doctrine of Christ is a, without revelation, is a difficult meat to open. And let's take a step back and consider. Right now, I have no fault of anyone. In the body, you will see, have you noticed, I, I just noticed, I studied, I watched. Most, you will see, a lot of ministrations are from the Old Testament. Or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's difficult to see many ministrations on First Peter. Okay, today we are going to be teaching on Timothy. Are you saying that? We are going to be looking at First Corinthians. I just take a step and access it. It's no fault in everyone. It's access. You need revelation to access those things, those Pauline epistles. I know it because there's a time I was dark in it, and I'm still, uh, you see, in parts. <laughs> then shall we know? Amen. <laughs> in my little sin in parts, amen, I'm able to help myself and help some people. Praise God. Because I know. I remember when I first entered into this, this, this world of righteousness, this light, and I was getting understanding, understanding, I just couldn't hack the epistles. I couldn't hack it. When I'm reading Ephesians, I'll stop Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 is where I reach. And actually, get it, the only part of Ephesians chapter 1 I understood was verse 1 to verse 3. They won't pause there talking about some other things down about, I was even talking about Redemption. <laughs> I was like, you lost me there, Paul. He's not talking, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, that we may be to the praise of his glory. Who first trusted in Christ? I just was lost. Then I now understood again from verse 15 to 17. And this for years. Or when I read book of Colossians, you know the only one I understand? Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. I never forget that one. <laughs> Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I, <laughs> so I know everybody you heart you know that the epistles are locked. They are is a mystery. Is they call mystery? Mystery means you don't have the key. You have to go and beg for it. Oh boy, we not get key. Father, give us the key. Help. Give us the key. The key is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. For a pistol to unlock. I kid you not. This Ephesians chapter 3 we are reading today. Many times when I used to read it, I hear someone reading, I want to sleep. 
it will sound boring. But it's not boring. <laughs> Mystery of Christ, out of a revelation, the grace given to me. Ha! Just speak English, Paul. <laughs> but epistles, so it, it is a labor to break through the epistles. And it's a labor we must labor. Praise God. Why? Because you break through, you get life. You get life. I say you get life. Amen. Amen. And let me now tell you a secret too of why mysteries are like this. Once you uncode a mystery, it's yours forever. I'll give you just one very, very useless example of practical Ethereum. Once you learn how to drive, you know how to drive. You don't go to driving school twice, do you? But it appears like a mystery. When you don't know how to drive, it's mysterious. Why is it mysterious? Ah, how are people doing it? They think, I'll go and jump. Even the first day you go on driving school, hey, you will come home, your heart will be beating. <laughs> We all have dick serious. <laughs> Some of us have jump teens. <laughs> I remember my brother wanted to take my dad's car back in Lego to just so he can learn by himself. By the time he first hammer the gate, that one you park the car, you get to you postpone driving <laughs> if you try not to <laughs> And if they can give you heart, your BP can come <laughs> Because you don't know what you are doing. It's a mystery. But once you un- uncover a mystery, it's yours. It's yours. So it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, the honor of kings, you. To, you it's your work. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. My literature and whom I travel is a work. Is the is the only work of the New Testament. The labor for understanding. The labor for understanding because labor for understanding is labor for blessing. You are telling God your life is precious. And God also has to hide it because so that some foolish boys cannot catch it. Pastor James, please, I have a question. Go ahead. You know, even with the Old Testament, I see that for me, for instance, the Old Testament is very, sometimes very difficult to, to read. To read, yes. I, I just see that it always looks boring sometimes. Uh-huh. You know, but, I mean, when we get to Isaiah, I mean, right now, uh, you know, looking at Genesis, I, I think that you know, hearing Genesis, maybe from Reverend Teachings, it's not like the Genesis I it's used It's not to Genesis know. at all. <laughs> Genesis, you know, when it teaches with Genesis, I, I feel like it's teaching with, with, maybe in the light of the epistles. I'm not even sure. Yes, yes. Genesis is not the Genesis that I know. So I don't know if, I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way, that, you know, I feel like Old Testament is like storybook. Yes. Exactly. So actually, this is how it works. Old Testament is like storybook. So some of the stories about Esther, stories that you can learn, you know, behaviors of God. 
But then when you now enter the New Testament and you go back and read that Esther, hmm. no be story. Oh. <laughs> it's deeper than just story. Yeah. It's deeper than even just the behavior of Esther. Mm. You will see God wisdom even inside that whole arrangement. You will see that Esther story. You will see the story of the lamb and his wife. Hmm. I have, so, sorry, so does it mean that we should read the Old Testament like with the mind of the New Testament, like with the picture of Christ and the gospel and everything? Like, is that how we're supposed to approach the Old Testament? Well, I'm careful here because it's not like it's not per se like how you approach it. It should come naturally based on where you are at. So, naturally speaking, when you have come under the light of the epistles of Christ, naturally, when you now go back to open the Old Testament, or as you are studying the Old you'll be reading it with the different eyes. For example, now, when I'm reading Old Testament, when I read, I can just give you an example. I gave you one example, Genesis chapter 49. It's Christ I'm seeing there. Proverbs chapter 8, you see it again. I wisdom. Whosoever findeth me, findeth life. You see a Christ talk again in Proverbs chapter 8. So it's because now there's already something, a light in your mind. So when you are not reading it, you are reading it with another kind of consciousness than before. Whereas before, when I read Proverbs chapter 8, I wisdom, I need wisdom to find out with the inventions. I need wisdom to search out my gold. You see that? But now I'm, I'm, I'm reading it with another, in addition to that, amen. I'm reading it with okay. another consciousness. A consciousness that there's a being, there's a person that is wisdom. Amen. So, there's no, I, I know some of the questions are coming from, okay, how should I do my Bible study somewhere? Do you get me? But there's, there's no, there's no, there's no formula. Say, this is how you should do your Bible study to access Old Testament and this. The formula really is go and learn the New Testament. Yes. As you learn the New Testament, Old Testament will also open up. Yeah. That's really the formula. Learn your own testament. Your own testament is the New Testament, not so. Uh-huh. But God also was the God of the men of old. Uh-huh. Actually, the Old Testament, all you're actually learning is God in, in, a, in a father state. Uh-huh. So it's actually higher than you think. So the best, without Christ's light, the best you can no. pick from the Old Testament is the behavior of men of God. How the men who God has cultured behaved. But you can't learn God, really. Per se. Accurately. You only learn him in a little light. But you are learning God from the way Abraham behaved. The way Esther behaved. The way Ruth behaved. The way David behaved. But when you access through Christ, because Christ is the ladder, the steps to fatherhood. Just as we talk about the new and living way. So Christ is like new. Then the realm of everlasting life is the realm of the teachings of the Father. Do you get me? So without Christ, you, will never, you won't be able to accurately, I'm not saying you will not get some little bits. You will not be able to accurately understand the Father. Yes. And one of the, know, the best I, I places to learn the Father is in Genesis. 
Yeah. You see, he had, the father walked raw with those men in Genesis. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to say that, you know, that last week you were teaching us about that currency that you were saying that, you know, to unveil the father, Christ mm-hmm. is that currency that yes. spend. Yes. So I'm looking at, you know, with what you're saying, I'm looking at the epistles and that New Testament as that currency that we must really look into yes. for that Old Testament to really unveil. If the Old Testament, you know sort of to a measure captures the father yes yes to a measure now I, let me break things a bit further too because sort of to a measure the old testament captures the father but even in the old testament there's a there's a there's a dichotomy genesis is not old testament even though it's grouped in the old testament what i mean by that is that the law of moses came after genesis Je- moses was after genesis not so where did moses start who brought the law? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, but the law came through who? Moses. Through Moses. I hope I'm not confusing anybody. No, After Gen- the book Genesis, what's the next book? Exodus. Exodus. And where does Moses start? Exodus. Exodus. So where does the old covenant begin? Exodus. Exodus. There was no Moses law in Genesis. Yeah. Yes. So the men in Genesis they live by faith. Mm. A kind mm. of yes. <laughs> no, mm. not quite New Testament, but a kind of faith. Mm. So they were living by faith raw with God, without law. Mm. Without law. Uh-huh. Mm. So Moses now brought the law in Exodus. So that's one of the greatest mis this thing concerning you would think that Genesis because it's the Old Testament is part of the Old Covenant. That's what I'm looking for. So Genesis is part of the Old Testament, but not part of the Old Covenant. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then one more, I'll just say it, but I know you may not get it. The book of Revelations. <laughs> I just say it to make it complete. The book of Revelations is not one of the epistles. Yes. The book of Revelation, they call it the revelation of Jesus Christ, which Jesus God Christ. gave him to show unto his servants. So it wasn't an epistle that wrote, John will write. We know how John started his epistle in first, first John. That yeah. we write these things unto you that you may have fellowship with us. This one is not me writing anything. Inspired by the Holy Ghost. Raw. They were giving it to him raw. Christ. Yeah. yeah, the revelation which God gave him. So, because, so Genesis and Revelations like that. Hmm. Praise God. I'll just leave that one there. <laughs> That's very deep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just give it like that. <laughs> Let's go back to Ephesians. Let's see, Ephesians, there's still a lot of riches in here. So what, what we are just laboring to begin to see is how rich Christ is. Yeah. He's so rich that he has to come by revelation. They have to import him. You think about when you back home, those guys, those are importers, exporters. You get me? <laughs> when you buy foreign products, it's made in America, not, you know, 
if you're living, they call it Abamid. He's <laughs> original from abroad, from the US. We import cars. So if you are driving, you know, they make cars in Nigeria. People don't know that. There are different people that manufacture innocent vehicles. There's another guy in Lagos who manufactures cars. And nobody knows. <laughs> that country. That country is the case. Nobody buys their own. But they want to buy Mercedes from outside, Homa. Why? Because people feel that something that is coming, that is new, coming from outside, carries more glory, more weight of riches. He speaks more to how rich you are than if you buy a local product. Uh, so Christ is imported to from where? From heaven. God, our, God, God uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Where are they? In heavenly, in heavenly places, places. In Christ Jesus. So they are not on earth. And because they are not on earth, if they come to you, what has come to you? Revelation. It's not on earth. So you have to import it from where it is to bring it to you. So it's a blessing. Is a rich, is a riches, is a blessing, amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We're in verse four, chapter three. Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was made, was not made known unto the sons of men. Oh, shout out to my my, my daughter Dami. Good to see you. I know you, you joined quite a bit ago. I just did how I was caught in between. I was wanted to greet you. Thank you for joining us. Amen. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm like relaxed here. I do. <laughs> yes, sir. You're welcome. Yes. Amen. Yes, sir. Which in other ages was was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, whom am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable. Unsearchable. Why? Because it's in heaven. So everything is confirming. Unsearchable. Is not here. Amen. It's not on the earth. The unsearchable, but I can bring it to you by revelation. And how does the revelation impact? How is it imparted to you by the revelation? By teaching. By preaching. Amen. 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 There's one thing that I'll just say this. Uh, is one thing that I really appreciate preachers, pastors, ministers of the gospel. Amen. I know uh, many make mistakes, you know, all of us, we make mistakes and all of that, but when, when you really look at it, when I see the enmity against preachers in the world, media, they want to crucify, they want to kill, they want to burn them, all of them. And I realized, maybe, I say, uh, they are already doing a very good job. (laughs) I don't need to add my mouth. 
They don't need me to add my mouth. We, we believers should not help Satan do his business. Oh. He's really good in he's you know perfect in beauty. You get me? He's really good enough <laughs> in bashing preachers. He's really doing a good job. We don't need to add to it. Yeah. Why? Because God knows that his children will not grow at the pace he wants them to grow without preachers. It's not possible. I was saying this yesterday. In life, it is a simple reason because there's a law in the spirit, and from James chapter 1 that says, A double minded man, let him not think he receive anything of the Lord. So, what does that mean? It means if you are double minded about any matter whatsoever, you can't receive from it. Now, do you know the, re- the real job of a preacher? We, job, preachers are small boys, so minor witnesses, but that, as minor as they are in a witness, that second witness is also a law. Because in the mouth of two or three, the truth is established. It's established. So most times, Holy Ghost may tell you something personally. You will, you will keep it in mind. But you will not fully carry it out because you are not sure. It happens to a lot of people. You, are not, you need to confirm. They get me. You are not sure. So you are not sure whether it's, I don't know if it's me or if it's the Holy Ghost. We have that question, that fight a lot of the time. Mm. Well, guess what? Let's say you did not talk to somebody, or they, you, they, you go to administration and they say there is somebody here and they are addressing your matter. What happens to your feet? What happens to your feet? It rises. Who in heaven will know somebody has believed? <laughs> it, you know, like I think, ah, wow, God, you have remembered me. It's not that like he forgot you before, you not just have enough feet. <laughs> but the preacher has helped to establish your faith because it was already something that was on your heart and he rubber stamped it he established because you heard it from a person a second witness it makes all the difference in the world and that's why preachers God raises them to establish to build faith so that they can receive the blessing amen I see that happen so many times where, you know, uh, some of us, the people who are in the ministry, maybe God will be dealing with them on something. And then maybe they come for a meeting and then they hear me, they hear us saying the same thing. Ah, they will now say, they now come to you and say, Pastor James, I've been trying to escape this commandment as you come in. But as you said it now, there's, not this, there's nothing I can do. It is there, it's now clear. And then what actually now happens then is that now once you are, once the moment a soul is convinced that this instruction is from the Lord, they will do it. When, when you are fully convinced. The reason why sometimes you may not do it is because you are not fully convinced. You are not sure. They say a little doubt. And once there's a little doubt, you can't receive. It's, those are laws in the spirit. So that's why God, so God raised preachers as second witnesses. Not the minor witness. The Holy Ghost is the major witness. Because he's the one who is still right in your heart and in your mind. I can speak whatever I want to speak. The Holy Ghost is not there inside. I'm just yearning in English. He's the one who will carry the words of our mouth as the ink. And then use the ink to write upon your heart and your mind. Then it will be established. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is why God, Jesus, had to visit Saul of Tarsus 
in the on his way on the road to Damascus. Jesus assessed it, and none of the other twelve could do it. And it was on no fault of their own. It's just because there's a there's a problem. What's the problem? They walked with Jesus for three and a half years. The Bible says, "No, no man after the flesh." They knew Jesus after the flesh. After the flesh. They've seen the miracles. They've seen the wonders. After a man has seen that many wonders, even myself, I will just stay on the wonders. <laughs> I will just stay on the miracles, and I will not teach anything further. And that's how they were. So it's not no, no blame. If I saw that kind of miracle, Lazarus, four days dead, ah, and he's now walking like a human being. What am I? What am I opening by way? But God, give me this anointing. <laughs> this, this is it. We have seen it. So it's difficult to break out of it. And for Peter, it was difficult to break out of his Jewish mind to expand because the Jews they call the Gentiles dogs. In fact, the name Gentile is a dog. So he couldn't phantom how God would want to reach out to dogs. He couldn't bring himself to be able to. And for for you to do something, you know, people can find you out now. You are going to Mount Gentile, you are preaching Christ, where secretly I drew. All your customs oh. is Jewish. <laughs> Last night, when you convert all of them, they will be Jews. And that's not what God wanted. So God had to visit Saul. He knew his, that Saul is the kind of soul. So, 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 souls like that. Eh? Souls like that. They can either be very good or very bad. They don't get middle ground. There's no in between for them. So, so kind of. Saul was one of those souls. Too zealous. Once Saul believes something, he will run with it. You don't even have to be checking him on him. Ah, so how's it going? Are you depressed? Are you? He doesn't care. He will run with it. So the moment Saul believed that Christians were blasphemers, he ran with it, killing them. He was ready to travel abroad to go and kill them. Ready to labor, apply for visa <laughs> to go to Damascus in Syria to go and kill Christians. How much zeal! But God was looking at him, if I can get this guy, this guy has so much zeal, he will go anywhere for me. Uh-uh. He will go anywhere if I can get this guy. If Saul, if Saul was not gotten, that would have been an antichrist, the first one. Ew. Yes. Mm. He was Ew. already going in that direction. Yeah. So God saved him. God said he'd have, he'd have been a devil. If I was already manifesting there. <laughs> <laughs> God saved him. So he now so he went far with Christ. He was able to push it to the Gentiles because he had so much zeal to push it. The zeal overwhelmed him more than his Jewish customs. Because he's, he has seen light and he was ready to go as far to do it. Praise the name of the Lord. So why did Jesus why did Jesus go through all that labor? Praise God, we have about 30 minutes left. Less than why did Jesus go through all that labor to save somebody who was persecuting his church? Why? Because he needs a preacher. That's why. He needs what? No. One of the wisdoms they use for the Greeks. Amen? The Greeks... They have all kinds of manners of gods. Zeus, Athena, Diana, Mysteria, Poseidon, many, many. All over the place, just gods everywhere. All kinds of gods. 
Yes. But then after a while, they began to realize there was one God they could not name. That was higher than many others, all the others. So they put an, it started to into an unknown God. So it took the, an apostle to come by the Spirit of God to preach them. I know this unknown God. And that was the door to, the, to access them. Okay. But if Holy Ghost came as a ghost, I know this was unknown God. Yes. Did you say anything? You did you say anything? They will not be able to. Even though they will say something, they will say, I feel this unknown God is more to him. But they will not be able to elaborate because they are not sure. There is no basis, there is no platform for them to believe it and take it from there. So they live, Jesus now raised Paul, Saul of Tarsus, turned his name to Paul with the blessing of revelation of Christ. He uncovered all the mysteries called Christ. I was blessed by it and began to labor in it. Paul knew how important Christ was so much that he was preaching for days. Somebody fell down and died. He left him. But this is serious business. <laughs> he was teaching, 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 teaching. So they felt he left him. Those preachers, opportunity. Now everybody will finally believe me. That I'm not just talking. There's power behind this thing now. So all oh, left that one. We have some. We need to break mystery. And maybe the, the person, the, the, the hour the guy fell, out, fell, out, fell and slept and died was the hour when break understanding was about to break. It could have been maybe it was that hour Paul was teaching Ephesians chapter 2 I was teaching last week about your purpose. Amen. About what your true purpose is. That is to house God. To be built up. To carry habitation of the Lord. Temple of the Lord. Habitation of God through the Spirit. That's Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 to 22. Paul could have been just... Maybe it was just... You know sometimes in ministry as a preacher. When you are ministering is it is it is it is a time where you are about to enter into a breakthrough. <laughs> It's the reason why sometimes uh, people have to be patient in ministration. Many times, administration can start. I, I'll, to you, I'll just be the most boring person you ever met. You're like, when will this thing finish? <laughs> but if you can endure, you will always find out that the time will come where the, the administration will climax and break through. And light will, will come inside. Praise the name of the Lord. It happens in many ministrations, especially when you are ministering by the Spirit, by revelation. It builds up and builds up until something breaks through for some, for many. So that could have been what was happening then when Paul was preaching. Amen. I think she's upstairs. Um, when Paul was preaching, and Paul was saying that, man, this breakthrough must happen now. <laughs> Forget this guy first. Amen. <laughs> we'll console him after. Breakthrough must happen. So, are you saying there's an importance of Christ? All the epistles, all the apostles ex- exemplified that importance in the way they ministered. Now, the things that we are handling, Peter even called it that you don't throw your, your pearls before swine or goodly things before dogs. You don't cast your pearls, not so, before swine. That's how important. That's how treasure. Or Peter will call the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth. They are comparing these things to gold. Amen. Amen. Uh, amen. This, 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 this is an instruction here for you. There's a way you must value 
Christ in your heart. The understanding of Christ. There's a way you elevate it in your heart. Amen. I want to show you a witness for that point in the scripture. Let's see Romans chapter 1. Let's see a witness. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 1. Verse 1. Um, let's read verse um, verse 25. Praise God. <clears throat> Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator? Who is blessed for who is blessed forever? Amen. Amen. So they said they worshipped and served the creature more than it means it wasn't that they were not worshipping the creator. They give God his maybe they pay tithes. God bless you, God will, will give will give God praise. <laughs> the way I said when I, I remember it was if, I think it was twenty nineteen when Reverend was around in our convention that the after convention we also have some sessions and he was teaching this Romans chapter one. And I was seeing it in new light. I was seeing that you can be worshipping God, but worshipping creature more than God. They say more than priority. In your heart. And, and everybody's heart has order of priority. Yeah. Uh, some of us, you know, there are some people that will call your phone. When you see the person, I'll call him back later. <laughs> <laughs> you be alright. You be alright. But for some of us, when is your husband that calls your phone? Uh, are you saying that? You will pick it. Yeah. Or maybe a very close friend. Or your boss. <laughs> so you see, by nature, all of us prioritize importance. Everybody does it. Yes, that's true. So I chose consciously to prioritize lift up Jesus. Lift him up in my heart. To give him a space that no other should have. And he shows in two things. Physically, if you want to count how he shows, he shows on how you spend your time and your money. Those two things. He shows there. To make it practical. Ew. Yes. <laughs> problem. Problem. <Same> problem. <laughs> it shows. It manifests. What is most How important to you? How does he show money, though? <laughs> ah. Okay, now. I, I don't enter. <laughs> I understand the time of money. I'm wondering. Like, oh, money, okay. I will use myself as an example. Maybe that's the best way I can use and explain it. Um. Uh, when we when we started this work and we started doing the meetings and conventions, we just kind of understood that. I mean, for this kind of revelation light, you can't also be asking people for money because people are looking for fault. <laughs> so we decided not to even call it offering or anything to uh, you know show that purity 
And so it means that when we have programs, we have to do it with our own substance. Right? And at first, it was a lot. But God helped me with a scripture from 1 Timothy chapter 6 about God, God, to, God connected my giving to eternal life. He said, charge those who are rich among you that in so doing, that they may lay, they may lay hold for, of eternal life. Something like that. That was a breakthrough. That was in 2015 when, I, when God showed me that scripture just right before the convention. Now, because of where all my, all my substance, my money has been going, investing in believers' convention, investing in our worship night, investing in our programs, investing in our meetings. Where is my heart? <laughs> I saw my heart. I've invested too much to turn. It was actually, it's actually a trap. Hmm. Yes. Like, this is my investment. Yeah, this is my, this is my investment. <laughs> Where your treasure is, thank you. There your heart will be also. So what are you invest to build? So I, it's not like I wasn't looking, but by nature, my heart was bound to this work because I had given so much to it. But check it, most of our times, most of the most of the times, whatever you give your money to is the lust of your heart. Yes. Sorry, I'm touching some things. I also touch. One of the lost of your heart is your account balance sometimes. It may not yeah. be that it's anything you want to buy. Just the balance. Yes. It's also a lost. Hey. Have you noticed that you say you want to meet a target? After you meet the target, there's another target. Target, no, they finish. I guess what they finish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like a finish. <laughs> At all. Yeah. Time, money. And so, if you don't have, if, and money is even the more difficult one. So, let's start with time. Amen. So, start with time. So, I remember a brother, a brother, one of our, one of our, Ottawa for a few years ago. He called me after one of our, the programs we had there. And he had a, uh, there was a challenge of work, overworking, working too long. And no space to be coming for meetings or to be hearing. And I was just like, you know what? Yes, right now, everything is a season. Right now, you have to work this much. Because I, I, and you know, I also had passed through that. You have to work this just as your season. But I, I was like, the season will pass. One day will come, you'll not be in this job again. But now, don't now let this season break, stop you from coming into light, staying in light. So I told him, okay, you can't go for a meeting, no problem, that's fine. But after you finish work and you come home, she be the recorded the meeting. You can listen. I say, even if you are tired, let it play and you sleep on it. That's what I did. And you know, for me, God did a miracle for me one day to prove that the thing was working. One day, I was listening to a Reverend K message. I will never forget that message because of that what happened that night. I slept off on it. It was a Friday night. I was too tired. 
I slept off on it. By the time in my dream, I dreamt about the message. I hmm. dreamt about the message, and I it was the uh, so in the dream I was in an uncompleted building. In an uncompleted building, one well, uh, like a primary school, uncompleted building, seated on the floor with a few people, and he was teaching. And he was teaching the book of Revelation chapter 3. That's why I can never forget it. <laughs> and he was teaching. And he was teaching. And then when I woke up in the morning, I was like, what is this? Wow. I, just, I just received the entire ministration in my dream. So I went back later when I had the time to listen to that message. And that's what I was being ministered to in my dream. The exact message. Amen. So I was saying, I was saying that. I was saying to, to him that. That was that God understands your season. Uh-huh. God understands your season. And there's no way anybody is working seven days a week. It's not possible. If you're working seven days a week, there's a problem too somewhere. <laughs> there's a problem of creature somewhere. There's something you want to attain that is vanity inside somewhere. It shouldn't be seven days a week. Uh-uh, how about? Okay, six days. Okay, we'll say, okay, that's the arrangement for the season. Praise God. And even after work, nobody works seven days a week, 14 hours a day. I know many times you may be tired after work, but you can still stream something. You can still put in your earphone, hear something, open your Bible, 30 minutes. Amen? It's very, very possible. Now, so I say, no, I'm too tired. I can't even open Bible. There's a message. You don't need to open that one. Just play it. I saw some people that you can be playing it while you are washing plates, doing chores in the house. Mm. Yes. And some people say, oh, no, but me, I like to sit down and take my time. Yeah, don't worry. When you find the time to sit down and take your time, also sit down and take your time. But why you don't have the time to sit down and take your time? Also be, don't, don't be leaking life. Mm. Hey. Because if you can say, oh, when I need to calculate time and sit down and take my time. Some people, there are, are seasons in their life where you don't. It's probably if you're a mother, a young mother with young children. There are seasons that it may appear as though you don't really have that personal time like that. There's another way. What's the other way? Stream messages while you are busy. Mm. Yes. And God knows your heart. He will make sure that these, some things are entering. I kid you not. It happens to me all the time. Sometimes maybe I'm washing plates and just the message is playing. I'm not really listening, no. But they'll just yes, say sir. one word. I'll have to yes. stop. I'll have to pause. Yes, Get sir. that revelation. Let the thing yes, enter. I will now continue. And that, yes, just what that revelation is called daily bread. You've gotten your daily bread for the day. Praise God. I remember, Sister Tony, uh, I remember your testimony that you, you shared to us during co- this convention. At the very first night, Reverend was teaching. I know you did it for three hours plus, whatever. But oh, you just got one yeah. thing from it. Right? You're sharing that yeah. testimony. That one thing was your daily bread. That's all you needed from yeah. that day. This is what people don't understand. They say, ah, I didn't understand the message. But did you, did you get one thing? And that's it. That's that thing. <laughs> that one thing is your thing. Mm. You have been blessed by that one thing. And that's sufficient for the day. Mm. Praise the name of the Lord. Am I blessing somebody today? Amen. Are you seeing the practicality of how, you know, serving God? 
there's the practicality of it, how you used to measure. Measure the, the metrics. Amen. The metrics that used to measure where your heart is. Where do you spend your money? How do you spend your time? Go ahead, sister. This money business. Hey. I said time first. Can we put money? Let me keep money warm, please. Let's just do time. This morning. You know, um, I mean, I'm also going to use myself as an example. And I want you, I want you to, like, help me to, like, strike a balance. Yeah. Because I don't want to lie to myself. <laughs> Why do I like this? I call me instruction. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, for me... I, I don't find it hard to give when it comes to, like, you know, the things of God, you know, you want to minister to, like, a brethren, or you see, like, a need in the church. But, I mean, when you were saying saying that, when you say for something, projects when they finish, another one will come. Yes, okay. So, yes. there are times that, you know, probably we have, like, a target in the house, and maybe, like, as a family, we've come together, and we're like, okay, um, I want to, I want us to like save for this project, maybe for something, or maybe for like family member or something. Okay. And um, my head is in that. Um, that money must be complete at that time. Yes. You know? yes. I don't want to take. If and you know sometimes, like like for instance, I'm I'm in the middle of something like that. I'm saving for something, and today I wanted to give offering, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to use my credit card to give offering. I'm going to use from that money to give up. Oh, okay. It wasn't difficult for me, but the fact that that thought came to my head when I was to give the offering, that, ah, you want to remove from this money to give up. To give up, okay, yes, yes. You know, that you're going to do, it, but immediately it wasn't hard for me. But maybe if it was something else, maybe if somebody had come to me and be like, ah, that offer, um, this thing, this thing, I have a need, I can be like, oh, I really want to help you, but maybe can you wait to like maybe like a month after like this mm-hmm. project is complete? Yeah. You know, and then I'm able to help you. Because something recently happened like that. I needed to help somebody and I'm like you know, after this process and we can help the person. And then I slept and I woke up and the Lord said, you know, I, I mean I had that instruction of you are having confidence in those things that you are having. And that thing just scared me. Mm-hmm. And, and I woke up and I'm like, let's give this person this money. Mm-hmm. So, but I want you to like help us like strike a balance. Strike so a balance, yes. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to do that. Yes, praise God. Uh, let's do that. Um, so if there is a family project agreed upon in the family, that, that is a family project. And you should save for that and proceed with that. Uh the only t- caution is that why people are making family projects, you know, just ensure that there's not too much, is there's not too much vanity, you know. I'll make sure. I wish. Sure, am I sure that this is not just a lust that we, you know, that we are going beyond our contentment, what we can, our means. You know, some people from families end up have going into that problem where you know the, you, you they want something, a dream. Do you get me? But and they don't really have the means. But I say, ah, we can trust God for it and have faith for it. It's good though and all of that. We can trust <laughs> God for things and have faith for it. But somewhere, if it's something you know, your flesh knows that is you are lusting after, you don't need it. Mm. You get me? It's, it's actually that you're lusting after it, then address those issues. Well, if if there's been a consensus that this is final everything said and done, all the things have been considered and this is the project we are going to embark on then you save for it do you get me and 
if the Lord is giving instructions to give part of it to somebody, do you get me? Obviously, as a family, you have to be in agreement. Amen. Of that instruction. Because if, for example, your husband says no, and you are saying it's an instruction, then don't give. You get me? Because your husband is saying no. Aha. Uh-huh. Until there is a consensus, there's an agreement that this is an instruction. Aha. Uh-huh. From both, and the, the, the agreement is there. And God can do that. Where God can say, for example, I had the example of when I was trying to buy my first house. Uh, the first money that I saved up, the Lord gave me an instruction to buy you to buy an iPad for my pastor. Very painful. The, t- when I, the day I decided, when I now decided to go and build my house. You get me? But it was an instruction. And the funny, when I now bought the iPad, I dropped it in his office and I ran away. He now called me. Why? I wanted to thank you. I said, sir, if you just, if you understand the difficulty, if you like the iPad, just take it and be great. <laughs> it was painful. But later on, within a few months, the game, I got a promotion at work that covered, you get me? So God knows what he's doing in those instances with such instructions. Because he's still, and a lot of the times, as Christians who are believers following him, he wants to always impute that place of faith. So if you guys are targeted to save $10,000 or $20,000, somewhere God will maybe do it in a way that out of that $20,000, $5,000 will come by faith somehow. He always likes that culture of faith in the home. And that's why if you are meeting your target by your means, you will quickly find somebody that you need to give to. And yeah. give an instruction and create that need. Uh-huh. God works like that. So you just have to be aware of it and as a family be making those decisions. Uh, praise God. And then for example now, now let me now also add, if there's project after project after project and you are never finding time <laughs> to invest in what God is doing anywhere, maybe tights or whatever, maybe in this work God is doing, you never finding that this then there's a problem somewhere. Because there's no way God will not be giving you enough to sow into what God is doing. Mm. It means that in a, that this, the project is beyond what God wants. Uh-huh. There's a vanity that's been added to the project. Many times. Not all the time. Because there are some projects that are massive projects. I know housing project is a massive project. Uh-huh. Car project is where typically vanity comes in. <laughs> yes, car projects. They are those ones. Because cars by nature, they depreciate. You buy a brand new car today, in two years' time, you, you sell it for half the price. So car really is a vanity project for the most part. Uh-huh. Praise God. Hallelujah. So are you, are you, does that help? Are you seeing the... So these are choices, balance as a family, if you're family, as individuals. Uh, is in the days of your youth, giving you know, yeah, yeah, in the days of your youth is a great time to give and sow for your future, lay for your store for your future. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Does that help? But I don't want to really touch money because I know money is a very sensitive topic. But let's start with time. And so if you have not heard me on my money discussion, hear me on my time discussion first. <laughs> uh, and if God is leading you in the fin- money one, uh, hey, we can talk and you can be led. 
God, God gave me a very serious training for me with that money thing. He gave me a very serious training right from the beginning because giving, actually giving is tied to life. Yes, giving is tied to life. From the moment I graduated, God gave me, God gave me uh, uh, work. <laughs> giving work. <laughs> God just told me, initially, after, after that, I should be sending, I think then I was sending less than $2,000 a month. I was sending $200 to my mom. In addition to what I'm sending to her for personal, and give it, I told her to be, she'll be using it for helping the uh, local church, for church building. When I went to Nigeria, I think 20, 2013, I went to the church. She was saying, with that roof, it was my money that I paid for it. This one and that one and this one. <laughs> wow. And it was an instruction from the Lord. From once I graduated, it was, it was disciplining me in giving. Because it was preparing me for this work as well. To just be giving. So, by, by nature, from the moment I started making money, working full time, God trained me to give beyond just that. And I've never regretted once. Amen. Uh, by blessing of God, I have two houses. Over, so it's not like God finds a way. And I know it's because of the game. He told me in 2015. And beyond even giving, making me, you know, giving some money, you know, blessing me even in physical. He tied that in 2015 when he was teaching me First Timothy chapter 6 about giving an eternal life. He tied my giving to the burst forth of revelation in my life. And I, I marked it. After that convention, I opened Bible. Bible is in fact Bible is opening to me before I open Bible. It's in his Bible is speaking to me. And I, I I saw it. Yeah. You can never regret it. Even though it appears as though you will regret it. That, that's the problem. It appears as though you will regret it. It appears as though you are shortchanging yourself, but you will never regret it. Go ahead, Stella, your question. Yeah, I'm just, I, sometimes I get caught, no, caught, um, like, how do you strike, how do you strike the balance? So, you, you said something like, when we are giving, it's like we're, we are, we are making, it's like we're investing for our future and all of that. Mm-hmm. And how do you take it, take yourself away, from, I don't really know how to explain it, but, mm-hmm. so how do you, like, give and really give with the pure heart that I'm giving and not be mm. like, oh, let me, let me, let me give because I know the future. God is, yes. is being represented for me that I've invested. Like, mm-hmm. how do you strike that? Um, how do you get to that place of, that place really of pure heart? Pure heart and just give and not feel like, and not be like, let me, I'm giving so that yes. yes. I am so losing something. It's yes. a very tiny, it, yeah, yes, very tiny, tiny fine line. line. Thank you for very that question. Yeah. Thank you for that question. Uh, the short answer is that you come into an understanding that you are gaining by giving. That's that's that, that's when that thing will, will flip. Because I'll tell you, from the when God was giving me instructions to give, I never liked it. I was giving grudgingly, like how I even gave the iPad. But God still blessed me because of that giving. So by default, God wants us to have the attitude of giving if instructions are being given to us. Right? That's number one. But number two, as I kept giving, and I now saw, especially in 2015, I'll give that example. Dami, I'm coming to you in a minute. Uh, in 2015, as I gave that example, when I saw that God was pretty much tying my giving to the revelation is blessing me with. Tying my giving that it will lead me to eternal life. He opened doors for me spiritually 
because of my giving. After that one, it, it became pure. Because, you get me, even though you are still seeing a gain, but now you are seeing how you are gaining from giving. Now, last, last, let me tell you something about purity doesn't mean that you are giving because you don't gain anything. Yes, it, you can you give because that's who you are. After a while, it becomes a nature, who you are. But I kid you not, God will owe no man. Whether you say you gain something or you not gain anything, God will not owe you. <laughs> it will still, it means you will still gain something. So first of all, my seeing the gain, when I actually understood the gain from giving, it took away that reluctant heart first. I won't call it pure heart yet. Reluct, it took away the reluctant heart, the reluctancy of the heart, or the pain. You get me the pain after you give. That's when you see the account drop. I know, don't worry, I know. <laughs> and how is it that whenever we would give, that's why we now check the account. We're checking like three times that day. That's the thing, it's that me. I know. Ah, I know. <laughs> that pain, I felt it many, many months. That pain is there. But after that breakthrough of seeing gain, rather than loss, the reluctance dropped. Then later on, it became my nature, my second nature. That's when it becomes a pure heart. When giving becomes a nature. But it only happens, you only get to nature by practice. It starts by reluctance. Then you begin to see understanding. God begins to give you revelation and understanding of gain. Spiritually and physically. And then after that, the reluctance drops, but not a pure heart. But then after a while, when it becomes a second nature, then it has geared into a pure heart. Dami, I'll take your question. I think that will be the last Okay, okay, James, thank you very much. Okay, so when um, people talk about giving, one thing I know is that people attach giving to money. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, thank money. You. So, and it makes it look look like you can't give in any other way. Yes. If you don't give money, then you have not given. If you've not sown a seed by giving a cash or something, sharing cash, yes. you've, not, you've not given. This is so wonderful. Maybe thank you can you. enlighten us more. Yes. They are, uh-huh. Thank you so much. Because giving is not only money. Giving is also your time, like we said. That's one of them. Giving is, you may see a gap in, a, in your church. For example, you may see a gap in this work. Do you get me? And you can just say, you don't have to wait for a pastor to tell you, can you do this? If you have the grace for it, you can... In fact, the fact that you saw the gap means God gave you a grace. That's one thing that we should begin to know. When you are seeing gaps in a work that God has, a ministry that God has brought you into, and the moment, the fact that you saw the grace, you saw the gap, the, somebody else did not see the gap. That is you that saw it. Don't say so everybody's seeing it. It's only you that saw the gap. It's because that gap is for you to fill. Yes. And, do you know, just, just for the sake of example, do you know, dummy, you gave during convention. I saw you just. Within the first time she did the convention, she began to help distribute food. You get I'm not really organized. I don't know who organized. I wasn't child, but I just saw that. And I was seeing it also there was no gap in the meeting. Uh-huh. So that was a giving. Praise God. Or sometimes maybe you have a car. You get and you need to drive people for a meeting. That's giving your car. Is a, is a giving. Uh-huh. Praise God. 
Uh, I can take one more question because this is a serious. Does anyone have any clarifications that need to be clarified? This is serious talk. This is serious one. Yes, so. All right, Davi, go ahead. Go again. Okay, secondly, I also want to ask must it be um, in religious settings? Like, for instance, if it's not given, like, in the capacity you've mentioned, to church, like, what other? Um, settings can we expect God to trust us to because God can give instruction in very diverse ways and the yes. essence is for us to have a good disposition and a very discerning you know heart when God yes. is pointing attention to something yes okay for example I'll give you an example if maybe I'm just maybe by by instruction I just see oh uh, sister Stella needs ABC it may not even be a teen it could just be Sister Stella needs a call. Uh huh. Huh? That happens to me. Yes. That then yeah. give. You know, sometimes like, ah, she was okay. It's not Sister Stella. She's still be fine. You get me? But call her. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> She's asking for call. <laughs> but call her. You have given to her. Because you don't know what she, she was going to. You don't know, maybe. You know, some, you know this, this life is, t- is tough. Learning Christ, the enemy will fight these thoughts. We know it. Yeah. The enemy will fight you like a mad dog. Yeah. So, I, you know, I mean, the other day I was thinking, oh, dummy. I was, I was okay, I asked for like me, for like me, how is dummy? You get me? Uh, because I was just thinking, uh, because this, this life, just hearing revelation, this kind of light, you are exposed to Christ, exposed to right, light, you are exposed to riches of God. The enemy can come and fight your mind and wonder, oh, this thing is, uh, let me leave it. You see that? By giving somebody a call when you have the instruction to, you have the feeling to, you can save the person in that thought process. When you, when the person is seeing that, it's just even beyond revelation. We're a family. Yeah. We are there one it's, for another. You are not alone. This is really this is a life experience for me. It works most of the time. Okay, help just me share. Yeah. Somebody, okay, I've I've had situations where it's somebody that not necessarily very close. They just keep real coming back to my mind and coming back to my mind. And in the case where I'm not able to call them, maybe I don't have their phone number or anything, I pray. Okay. But then there was this particular one, this older lady that I know. I just, I just, after I prayed for her, I just put a cross through, like, what's up? And, and funny enough, that day, she was going through a breakdown, like wow. emotional breakdown. And yeah. she didn't tell me to when I was like, I know you're doing well. I just wanted to know that everything is okay. God loves you. You're doing well. We are, I'm proud of you. You know, I was just saying those things, not knowing that was what I what, what was letting my heart to say to her. And I was about to say bye, you know, like, end of course. She's like, who told you to call me? Wow. <laughs> I, I don't know, I just feel like to call you. I just like, everything you just said to me right now is what I just, I know this, but I just wanted someone to read, like, restate that to show. Yes. Reassure me that. So it taught me a lot of, it taught me something that even if it's someone, even if it's celebrities, like, you Mm -hmm. know, people that will never meet, but Mm -hmm. I think there's always a reason why people just pop up into you on just, just pop up. Yes. So, so you see, the, the end point of all this giving is that you are giving to God. Whether you are giving to a church, or you are giving to, to the ministry, to maybe this ministry or whoever you are giving, or you are giving to individual people calling. But by you calling Sister Stella, you've helped God in His work of preserving her. You see that? 
So every the whole, the whole, everything that centers around that you know you are giving back to God, to your brethren, to the saints, is is back to God. Is back to God. Praise God. Uh, with that, I we're a little bit over. Thank you so much uh, for enduring with us and enjoying this um, ministration. I know God has blessed us. God has also made it practical. We've seen light. God has given us understanding. Uh, amen. Uh, and we touched on that holy grail of money. Uh, amen. That most times we try and run away from. But the, the questions are there. So let's face it. We have the answers. Amen. By the message of God. God will help us. God will strengthen us. I say God will strengthen you and your families Amen. and all that concerns you this week. In the mighty name of Jesus. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus will keep you. The precious blood of Jesus will watch over you in everything you are doing. In your career, in your studies, in your family life. Everything that concerns you in your spiritual development. Right now in the name of Jesus. Father, as I, I pray for each and every one who is listening to me. Me, who is here today, Father, as they open the scriptures this week, understanding like Paul for this cause, mystery of Christ's understanding. May the scriptures begin to open unto us afresh. May you edify Amen. us, spirit, soul, and body, and strengthen us as a people. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Shalom, everyone. Thank you so much. God bless you. you and we'll see next you dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.